Hi and welcome to Kasama Hanko. This is season 9 of episode 1. Today on the podcast, I had the pleasure of inviting Charmaine Butang here with us today on the pod to hear her story, to hear her narrative, and to ultimately reflection of her Filipino culture and identity uh, here on the pod with us. Uh, Charmaine is a second generation Filipino and she is someone who loves God, food, and holistic healing. She is an intern creative nutrition, health, and wellness coach that focuses on Christian health. So if you love those three, then follow her. Um, her ad will be in the show notes below. But without further said ado, I transition this to the podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode and season of Kasamahan Ko, Reclaiming Filipino Identity. Uh, today on the podcast, it's actually been nine season and it's been an opportunity having conversations with different Filipinos here in Hawaii and it's been definitely a great journey because like knowing that Hawaii encompasses so many different Filipinos um, there's so many out there that I just want to continue having conversation with and getting to know. And today, I'm really fortunate in connecting with this amazing human. Um, I met them through, I believe, through um, Sama Samati's um, repost of the story. I love her account. It's truly um, amazing what she does. And I want to actually get to know her more on the podcast and hear her story. Um, without further said ado, um, I will have our guests a little bit intro themselves, um, their preferred name, um, what they do for a living, and three key fun facts about who you are. Thank you. You're so sweet. So my name is Charmaine. Um, I go by Charmaine. Some people call me Charm, for sure. You know, like in Filipino culture, we make it as short as possible <laughs> so i'll be called charm majority of the time uh, what i do for a living is i am an integrative nutrition health coach um, and i focus more on christian health and three key things about me is i love god i love food i've been in the food industry for 10 years um, i got my associates at kapilani community college um, in culinary arts and patisserie and I love holistic health. That's amazing. And honestly, I think I got introduced in holistic way of like just living just recently, the, be- the beginning of this year and the- somewhat the middle of the pandemic because I saw the kind of the importance of not only taking care of ourselves physically, but how can we kind of heal through um, our mind mind and spirit so I'm so excited and like finally having someone like based in Hawaii to actually like talk about this because I know I know a lot of people when they talk when I hear like holistic health they're in like the Bay Area or like New York and East Coast and like it's nice mm. to like finally hear someone here in Hawaii kind of like encompassing that in their day-to-day life yeah yeah definitely I definitely agree with you I feel like it's super um on the rise in the mainland but you don't hear about it too much here I definitely definitely agree with you 
And like with that said, I kind of wanted to ask what um, motivated you to start um, encompassing like holistic health in your um, day-to-day life? Ooh. Well, my parents, they um, originated here from Philippines and, you know, they didn't have medical care when they were in the Philippines. And so when they came here, you know, the luxury of medical care, you know, that's what they turned to. And so I grew up on Western health care. You know, that's when, you know, when you get sick, you know, take medicine. If you still don't feel well, go to the doctor. And then what happens? You get more medicine <laughs> and then, you know, you're fine. Boop. Um, but for me, uh, what had happened was, um, was it 2015? I found out that my dad had cancer, he had prostate cancer. And so I watched the medications, the doses, you know, adding more and more and more. But what I, what I feel like I failed to realize was that there was all these new health concerns that were kind of just popping up. And I couldn't make sense of it at the moment. I was super busy. I was trying to graduate college, get into my career. Um, but my dad is sick. And so like that was so heavy on my heart. And I, I think that was one of the worst feelings in the world was feeling like I couldn't help him. That was one of the worst feelings I've ever felt in my gut. And so fast forward to a couple years later, I got super sick because in the food industry, I was working about 100 hours a week and I got super burnt out. And so I did what I knew how. I went to the doctors, uh, got put on medication. Um, I was on opioids, narcotics, you know, like I just felt like I was high (laughs) just in my room. I couldn't go back to work. And I hated that feeling. I remember, I think I I was popping like 20 pills a day. And I just told myself, I can't do this. Like, I, I can't live this lifestyle. I need to, I need to stop and just bear with the pain and figure this thing out. And so I just remember, I just hated how it made me feel. I was just puking everything out. And so those were kind of two um, events in my life that were just so painful. And so, um, you know, it was a crisis in my life. And I never wanted to look back at those moments. But they were super um, life-changing when it came to the pandemic. Because, again, I got health became important a third time. I'm like, okay. You know, like I, I had been terminated from my job. And so I took that opportunity. I'm, I'm Filipino. I'm a hard worker. I couldn't just sit in my room and do nothing. And so I had, I sat in my room and I decided to do some research on those major life-changing points in my dad's life and my life and kind of figure out what happened. Like the detective investigator um, came out of me. And so I started to do some research and I began to recognize that medicine wasn't the only option. It, there is a lot more preventative health care. There's a lot more things that we can turn to that don't have symptoms and side effects. And I wanted to learn more about that. And so I, when I, once I began to discover that there's more to health than a quick fix, a quick Band-Aid for your symptom, I got super excited because I realized that I could help the person that I had struggled with and be that person for someone else. And so it just kind of just opened up new doors of opportunity. And I learned about preventive health through doTERRA. Then I ended up um, at um, a online health coaching school in New York. 
um, for integrative nutrition health coaching, I went into the program wanting to learn about holistic health. I came out of the program wanting to be a health coach because you don't have to become a health coach, but it just resonated with me so much that I realized that there's other people like me who are burnt out and getting medications, but all they really need is just a diet and lifestyle change. That's really what they just need. And that's why the medication is not working because you're approaching it in the wrong way. There's a time and place for medicine, but when it's burnout, when you're making bad food choices and you know, you're not sleeping and you're overwhelmed and stressed out, you know, that's not a time and place for medication. It's a time and place to get real with yourself and ask yourself what boundaries do I have to uh, put in place to make sure that I can protect my time and energy and still um, be available and present in my life and still enjoy the fruits of my labor. And so it all really came down to this desire for holistic health really just came from a, the birth of pain. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing so much. And I think that's so like beautiful, like that's so like um, important because like when I, um, when I'm like working in the hospital and like see this patient like when I like hear the nurses just share stories about their patients like being um uh I guess what you, uh, what I can how can I say this like be so like um they're so used to like getting getting into this pain medication where um there's alternatives there there's there's alternative to pain but how this system works is that the more you have pain, the more that you take pain meds, the more they kind of like make money off of you. And yeah. it kind of like, that's your dependency on it. Yeah, you're pretty much a lifelong customer at that point now. And I think that's um, coming from like in a Filipino community where um, we're so used to taking over, um, over the counter medicines, over, over the counter drugs. And that's why we have this like health. I, but this is why we have our illnesses, like GI problems, mm. heart problems. It's because yeah. we're kind of approaching it the wrong way. Um, yeah. And I, I totally love what, like what your what you have went through, um, especially like finding the alternatives to like herbs and like finding ways of like you knew, you acknowledge that you were burnt out and like how can we like kind of navigate this in a way where like you're also like healing yourself. Yeah. And I think this is important question that I kind of want to ask is, um, mm -hmm. um, is where is your family from? My mom is from Bakra and my dad is from Bangui. So they're both from Ilocos Norte. Oh, fellow Ilocano. <laughs> Ilocano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you the, um, how can I say, the oldest in the family or the youngest? Yeah, I'm the oldest. So there's me and there's my brother who is four years younger. Me and you were both born here in Hawaii? or Yeah, so okay. we're both local. I almost barely made it. My mom was eight months. <laughs> but I made it across the border <laughs> or past the ocean. Of the ocean, yes. Um, I kind of like want to um, dive into deep because um, being in being kind of like in the Ilocano roots, there's a lot of um, kind of uh, like alternative health 
that they do in terms of the yeah. culture. And I want to kind of like ask, um, were you kind of introduced yet or not? Or that's something that you're kind of seeking still? Are you talking about like more Filipino holistic health? Mm-hmm. Um, so my parents would, they would kind of introduce, not introduce, I don't know, like, like I could tell that my parents had like natural alternatives in a way, but it wasn't really practiced. Like it, I feel like in my home, like the Western culture kind of just took over. Um, but I mean, my parents still have the same staple diet, eating a lot of vegetables and they would try to do that to me when I was younger. I was actually very um, anti-vegetable. <laughs> Um, what was I actually, what was your favorite? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I actually didn't really recognize that Filipinos um, there was like a lot of um, natural alternatives till I went to a event. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. You probably are. It's, um, it was like a pop up for uh, Filipino small businesses. Um, this one they do it at Bishop Museum sometimes. Oh yes, for some Filipinos. Yes, yes, yeah. So I came across. Um, I don't know who it was, but it was one of the um people that was there. But they were at the church. Um, mm-hmm. and I and she was selling plants, and she had some books out, and I was like, oh, what is this? So I opened up the book, and I saw like a lot of Filipino natural alternatives. And that's when I was like, wow, I feel so disconnected because it makes sense because in Philippines, like they didn't have the medical care. So what they use, they use not natural alternatives, but because I didn't have that upbringing, I didn't recognize that the natural culture of Filipinos is natural healthcare. And so I, I was kind of at um, the event, I was kind of like mind blown, <laughs> like what? because I didn't grow up in that setting I grew up in western culture so I was like what there's so much more to my culture that I never knew like one thing that I've learned in the kitchen um a guy <laughs> um if you have a burn there um there's a farm out in Wainai that creates mungai powder and so if you get like a burn in the kitchen um if you get some of the mungai powder if, if there is just put a little bit of water and create a paste put slap it on your skin and keep working <laughs> And it'll help to um, really alleviate the pain that's on um, that you got when you burnt yourself while working. So that's what was one of my like wow moments. Yeah, with Maroon Guy, I was like, what? Wow, that's that's so cool. I didn't know that. And like, I've like, I don't know if you have it in your house, but like, you have the Maroon Guy three outside. I did not. You know, they have so much, like, healing effects also with it, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, they're coming out with a lot of studies now, how, like, Morongai is, like, a superfood and everything. But, I mean, this is something that's been in our diet for, like, forever. So you don't even think about that. But now it's, like, everyone's hyping it up. But we're, like, it's a... What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does and like kind of like segueing into this next question that I have is um and I think this kind of ties in well is um how would you say you understand your own Filipino slash Ilocano identity and culture I feel like 
when it comes to the dialect, um, my parents have always spoken to me in Ilocano, um, but I've never, it's funny because in high school, I took the Ilocano classes, but I don't know, I guess I just never took the effort to exercise it out of my mouth, I guess. So it doesn't come super natural to me, but I can understand it so fluently. <laughs> Unless you're talking about politics or something, my parents never teach me that kind of stuff. But when <laughs> just having a natural conversation, like I know the dialect, I'm I'm aware of like a lot of the foods. I've gone to Philippines a handful of times, um, but I don't. I but I do feel like yeah, I'm disconnected in a way just because of um, kind of like that moment that I had at the event when I saw like, wow, like Filipinos, like is natural healthcare. And I didn't know that. So that kind of like felt like was one of those things that kind of brought me back into wanting to learn more about my culture was um, that healing aspect. I kind of want to like touch upon this kind of disconnect because I feel like this is so important in your Mm -hmm. story um, is like, when you were able or like kind of like backtrack like how did you first hear about the event first i had seen it on someone's story instagram stories are so effective (laughs) someone posted on their story and um i don't know i thought it was super cool to see like a community that was specifically supporting filipino small business owners i'm like wow and in Filipino culture, you know, family and food is huge. And so, like, like that made sense to me, like, that something like that would be created. And so I think when I saw that event, it made me curious. Um, it made me curious in a way, like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like, a lot of Filipino businesses are coming together, but what does that really mean? you know like what sets them what's gonna set this event apart from farmer's market because I love farmer's market so like what's gonna set them apart so that's that was kind of my question and what is gonna set them apart and I guess that that comes back to like kind of the identity right like I'm out here trying to search what's making them different and um, when I went to the event it made me um remember that I'm Filipino a lot of my friends actually call me a fake Filipino <laughs> like I'm I, I took the, the test and I'm 99.8 percent Filipino so I have actually a very high percentage of actually being Filipino but everyone calls me like a fake Filipino just because I don't know much about my culture and I feel like yeah, when I went to that event, it kind of made me curious. So I feel like I'm in that curious stage, even though I probably am more Filipino than I give myself credit for. <laughs> Honestly, I think like that kind of um, the encounter of the event kind of like is a is a good way for you to really reconnect with your culture. Like I think one of the most difficult thing, especially growing up here in Hawaii, um, is it's so hard to kind of like see yourself within your own culture when everyone kind mm. of blends in. Um, mm, that's good. And I think I don't blame you at all for like feeling that disconnect because um, having like 
immigrant parents like really focused in like work trying to get you and your brother um that kind of that quote-unquote that American dream of like making sure you guys are well fed it's like that's like the main priority and I think um yeah I think I like if if your if your if your friends call you fake Filipino, I don't think you are a fake Filipino because I feel like your true Filipino is inside of you. Like, despite mm. like what you kind of like what you hear from others, like you're you're, hey, you're reconnecting. Like here, you're you're kind of you're gonna share your story through this podcast, and like um, mm. anyone that will listen to it kind of feels the similar way that you're you have felt before. Yeah, I'm sure there is a lot of Filipinos who are super confused too because I feel like I probably identify with local or Japanese or French more than Filipinos sometimes. <laughs> why why is that? I kinda I wanna kinda wanna ask. So spe- like specifically you said Japanese or French. Yeah, because I've spent um so in cooking um in culinary school that's what I learned. I learned French cooking. So I got super um, immersed in the food and, and, eat. and we all know that food always has a story. Mm-hmm. Every single dish has a story. And so I dug deep into French food because that's what I was taught. French food is the foundation of cooking. And so uh, that's what I learned. That's what I got submerged in. I actually don't really know how to cook Filipino food. I know how to cook French food. <laughs> Um, and I, I say Japanese because a lot of the restaurants that I worked at were actually uh, owned by Japanese people. And so there was a lot of Japanese influence. And my diet is more Japanese than anything. <laughs> and so that's why I also say Japanese. I feel like um, I spent a lot of time with them as well, just because when we go back to like, you know, like the same thing that you said, like, you know, our parents are working, like their main priority to make sure that we're well fed, we go to college, you know, we have a successful career, you know, we, we are, you know, set. And so because I feel like that upbringing wasn't really present in my life, I feel like other people raised me. And so that's why sometimes I feel like I resonate with other cultures more because a lot of other cultures raised me up rather than um, learning more about who I am in my Filipino culture, if that makes sense. It, does, it totally makes sense. And I think um, this is where the journey, the, the journey begins is like um, having this conversation with like close friends and even like having this conversation together, like we can unpack so much nuances um, because yeah. even in the influence even in the different um even in the culture itself filipino there's a lot of influences from different um Mm. colonizers so um yeah i think that's kind of like makes sense what how you explain yourself a little and kai and like segueing more into within yourselves um mm-hmm. wanted to a little bit ask um what are some things that you have personally struggled with embracing your own identity and I know you shared it a little bit but if you want to elaborate more yeah um I feel like one of the biggest struggles uh you know living here in Hawaii 
um, when it comes to identifying my Filipino culture is that there's a lot of comparison that goes on. You know, you're living in an Asian household where, you know, like parents are dominant. <laughs> you know, they have the final say, you know, like you feel like they're hovering over you and they're so strict. And, you know, like that's a form of love. But when I'm living here in Hawaii and a lot of it is Western culture and you see the way that love is portrayed can also be shown as, um, you know, allowing your kids to grow from their mistakes, you know, allowing kids to, um, you know, live the life that they want, even if it means that, you know, like they're gonna mess up or screw up. Um, that's also another form of love. But I think living in a household that was Asian and living in a culture that's Western, it clashed for me because now there, I was in this place of comparison. I want what I didn't have. But as I got older, of course, I saw that the way that my parents loved me was pure love but at the time that I was growing up as a teenager you know I I despise how come my friends get to go out and then of course my parents were more like no like stay home we want you know want to make sure you're safe you know nothing happens to you you don't get kidnapped and these are all very valid reasons but it created a um strain in my relationship with my parents because I was in this state of comparison I want what was not mine and so that was my biggest struggle and I feel like what um I wish I I wish the perspective I had as a younger child um I wish someone maybe would have like talked to me and kind of showed me like that is love like maybe showed me a way that um that's also a form of love but at the time I didn't know what it was I would always constantly fight with my parents <laughs> I would always fight with them um, so that was my biggest struggle was feeling like they didn't love me, but they did in the best way that they knew how. It's just I wasn't able to perceive that. So it was all about perspective. Especially growing up now, um, and again, um, wanted to kind of like clarify, you have a older brother or younger brother? A younger brother. Younger brother. Um, would you say that um, growing up with your younger brother, um, you felt the pressure to be the um, the best, like, older figure for him? Yeah, definitely. I definitely was struggling, like, you know, being that role model. But I was also struggling with, like, I also want to live my life. Because in Filipino culture, you know, like, as females, as girls, you know, we're super protected. Boys, you know, they can do <laughs> kind of anything. And so I think there was, for me, it was hard to be that older sibling role model because I despised a lot of things. Like, I, I couldn't go out, but he could. <laughs> and for me, that, that made no sense. I was like, he's younger than me. How is he able to go out and have fun with his friends and I have to stay home? Oh, because you're a girl. <laughs> oh, what? You know, like, for me, it was like, that made me mad. That made me angry. But now that I'm older, of course, I see like why my parents saw, had that perspective. But yeah, as a older sibling, it was a struggle of wanting to be that role model, but I'm also 
jealous that he had all these privileges that I didn't have. So it was just like a constant war in my head. Thank, um, again, thank you for uh, sharing a little bit more. And I feel like this kind of goes into deep into um, the experiences that shaped you from before and now, mm. um, especially how, um, as um, if I may ask, like um, with everything that you have went through from not knowing to now that you're kind of like, oh, this is why um, it's kind of your guide. If I can, if if I can ask that question. Sorry, what was the question? Uh, is that kind of like a little like guide for you in in terms of like with the experiences and the struggles that you have like gone through? Like, did it help me? Yeah. Okay. So sorry. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Don't be sorry. No, yeah. Like, definitely. Like, definitely. I don't regret anything. Like, everything that I've struggled for, um, struggled with. Like, I know that there's definitely other people who are struggling with the same things I struggle with. Like, I know these are legitimate things. And so, yeah, it definitely shaped and molded me to who I am today. But I also know that there's also a purpose in it where there's going to be other people that I'm going to come across who are going to be struggling with the same things. And I'm just glad now I'm at a place in my life where I have the perspective of Asian culture versus Western culture. And both are just, um, both are love. You just got to know when to shift perspectives. I think that has been like the biggest takeaway for me living in like a world of two different cultures is knowing in the end of the day, you just got to look at the fruit of the labor. If it, like for my parents, like even though it didn't feel like love, in the end of the day, I have, I have to rule out what's the truth. Like I might feel this way, but the truth is they're providing for me. They're putting food on the table. They have a, they have a roof over my head. I have clean water to drink. I, I can take showers. And in the end of the day, that's the truth. And to me, I can perceive that as love, even if I don't feel like, there's not a place for me to be emotionally vulnerable or I, there's not a place for me to talk about my feelings. There's not a place for me where I can feel comfortable getting a hug. Like, even though those aren't op um, options that are really comfortably available to me, it doesn't mean that they don't love me. And so understanding the fruit of um, the event, I think has been like, yeah, definitely been so important to who I am today because now I feel like it's allowed me to be a lot wiser because this is super applicable in so many ways just ruling out what's the truth in everything regardless of how you feel I feel like it's a super important life skill to have love how you put it that way because like even through your Instagram like posts like I've noticed how um you would share and you would share with um, things that you have learned through um, your experiences and like, you would like give a little tips and like even like kind of it, it complements with um, how, with how you kind of like gone through in the past um, and especially like you briefly mentioned in the beginning that um, you are a holistic health coach um, and you bring in your 
spirituality through it. And I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely would not be here today if it wasn't for God, for sure. And I kind of wanted to ask this before I move on to the next question is what are some, what are some things and even more uh, ways like for you to be kind of like an advocate of your own culture, like now that you're getting, you're getting started and like you're kind of blossoming, uh, what are, what are things that you want to learn about your own culture? I think kind of going back to when I learned that Filipino culture um, is super rich in holistic health. I feel like when I think about holistic health, I learn, I hear a lot about traditional Chinese medicine. But when I learned that Filipino culture also exercises that, it really piqued my interest in want making me want to learn more about that. And so I feel like for me, what I really want to pursue in learning more about that aspect. I, I mean, we, I've also learned a little bit more about, you know, like Hawaiian culture, um, like with social studies and stuff. And like, you know, like we know that um, healing properties in the plants we have here, uh, we learn uh, sometimes through school or, you know, I mean, or we come across it with the local ingredients. But for me, I think, yeah, a route that I've definitely been interested in is like, yeah, I want to learn about traditional Chinese medicine. Yeah, I want to learn about like, like Native Hawaiian health, but more than anything else now, I've really been wanting to learn more about the natural service that Filipinos have because in the end of the day, like that's where I also... Um, if I may ask, if you could give your 12-year-old self advice about something you've learned about now um what would you tell them i would tell my 12 year old self to just be open to new opportunities and uh, don't be scared i feel like my parents took a huge risk they came to america they left their homeland they left where it was comfortable and i feel like for me there have been times that i just wanted to stay in places because i want to feel comfortable but I would always go back to um, my parents took huge risk. And so I would tell my 12 year old self, you know, like stop wasting that time debating, you know, like take that risk, like just do it. If there's something that's on your heart that you feel like you feel called to do that you need to do, take the risk. And you're not gonna get any younger. And this is like kind of like a, a impromptu question since you do have yeah. a younger brother. What is something that you want to tell him that you have never? I feel like I would tell him the same thing. Don't be afraid to take you. Do you guys have like a close yeah. relationship? Uh, not so much, actually. I, I spent a lot of time in the industry. So I was rarely home till the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, my brother just been uh, super busy with school and work. And so um, we're not that close. But I mean, he's my brother. 
happen. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably tell the same thing, like, don't be afraid to take risks. And I, I wanted to ask that direct question is because I feel like having a younger brother, especially, um, there's so much, like, hope because um, you, you, not, you not only learn from them, but they also learn from you. <laughs> Mm, yeah mm, okay and then uh, my last question uh before we kind of conclude the podcast is um what does it mean for you to reclaim your own identity especially uh since you have um been t- um especially since this is a little bit new for you um What does it mean to reclaim my personal identity? Um, I think for me, when I think of Filipino culture, I automatically think of food and I automatically think of family. And so, and being hospitable, always, 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 you know, like being hospitable to people. And so I feel like for me, what it means is I've spent so much time and energy learning how to cook French food, how to cook Japanese food, how to cook Hawaiian food. Um, I learned some Chinese food and some Thai food, but I've never taken the opportunity to learn about Filipino food. And I know there's so many stories behind food and I feel like that's an area that's lacking in my life. I, I can eat them, but I know how much I love to cook. And so I feel like a part of me um, wonders sometimes <laughs> if I should go and learn Filipino food. And so um, that's definitely something that I feel like I could do to reclaim my identity is learn more about Filipino foods. And so um, <laughs> I think I joined like a Filipino Facebook food group <laughs> recently. Um, I've been um, on Instagram. I followed like a couple like Filipino um, restaurants that are thriving on in the mainland. And so that kind of fills my feed with kind of like more modern takes on Filipino foods. And so when I think about reclaiming my Filipino identity, I think of food and I think of family, always making sure that family comes first. Well, today is your lucky day because there is a there's actually a selection of a collection, not selection, collection of Filipino foods in Barnes and Noble of Filipino foods, even the healthy healthy options that they have. Oh, I've I've never seen those. It's like hidden, so like by the restroom area in Barnes and uh-huh. Noble, there's like a collection of like. Now there's a lot of Filipino food. They were um, organizing oh, wow. it that one day I came. So like, yeah, if you ever get the chance to visit, there's a collection of like Filipino food uh, cookbooks. I think there's like four or five now. It's growing. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, the last time I've gone was, oh, maybe like, yeah, it was before the pandemic. I used to go in Barnes & Noble all the time. I used to work right next to Barnes & Noble. <laughs> so I would go there on my lunch break and just spend like, a good 30 minutes just 
kind of just looking through the cookbooks and kind of being inspired. So yeah, I don't really remember things of Filipino section there. So that's really interesting. That's really cool. I'm definitely going to go ahead and check that out. That's super exciting that that's growing. I know. And like, so as we close this podcast, um, I did mention that I would close with this ending question of if you could describe your personality <laughs> to someone in a Filipino food, what would it be? I would choose a lechapan. That was my favorite dessert growing up. Um, my parents actually make kankanen, so I actually grew up eating lechapan way too much. <laughs> but I also choose lechapan not only because it's my favorite, but I feel like what sets a lechapan apart is um, that caramel part. You know, there's that it goes under fire. Um, the sugar goes under fire, and I feel like with that fire, you know, like. I feel like I've been through a fire and what fire does is it purifies you. And I feel like life's kind of burnt me <laughs> and like, in, like literally burnt me out. <laughs> but I feel like in the process of like it burning me, like it really purified me into a, a stronger, greater version of who I am. So I, I would definitely say the lechapan. And then at the end of the day, you know, it's something that's beautifully created. You know, it tastes delicious. Everyone loves lechipan. Who doesn't love lechipan? <laughs> and so um, I would definitely go with the lechipan for sure. <laughs> wow. That's really, uh, that was actually beautiful to like just end this podcast because like now that I think about it, like you made me see lechipan a little bit differently and like from like just our conversation alone like from the beginning to end like and like kind of picturing what a leche flan is and like it goes through like it's a it's a very simple dessert but it has it goes through so many different processes and I think that's exactly mm. encompasses who you are and um and then tying it back to um your faith is like we go through so much and we endure so much struggles we kind of go through this purification process and like you exactly kind of describe it the way you did oh thank you and with that said I kind of wanted to end this podcast kind of like your own um if you have anything that you would want us to support you with like your work like this is your time to share out oh you're so sweet um i would just say if you are into christian health and wellness um you're feel free to follow me on instagram that's the only platform that i have right now so it's um at i am charmaine Busak. and yeah that's pretty much it I just love connecting with people. And if there's a way that I can serve people, it just brings my heart so much joy. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Definitely. I, we will tune in and I will share this um, as soon as it goes live. But um, with that further said, and do I just want to say thank you for being here with us. And for kind of like chatting with us a little bit because I think now I've not only learned so much about you but you have kind of like given me so much perspective and I think that's Mm -hmm. 
And that's what I love about this podcast is like it creates so much like connection and bond and like and I kind of wanted to open the floor with like if you have any questions to directly ask me because I'm I'm kind of I love this I'm just I just love having this conversation (laughs) oh I love you you're so sweet oh my gosh I feel like I am I'm honored to be here. I thank you for even, you know, I thank you for taking the time to reach out to me and allowing me an opportunity to kind of just sit here and, you know, really think about the disconnect that I have, you know, with the Filipino culture. And, you know, like there was some questions that you've asked, obviously I've never been in a position where I've been asked these questions before. And so, you know, it really created a lot of awareness for me um, in terms of, not just disconnected but like what are some ways that I can get creative and you know be intentional and move forward and recognize the disconnect and how can I create that connect you know and you really created some awareness for me so I really just want to thank you for taking the time to you know create this open safe environment for me you know to really get into that place because these are questions I've never asked myself (laughs) and I didn't you know, I didn't really um, think about these things before. Like, I love Filipino food. I love um, the culture of family. But other than that, um, all I know is I'm 99.8% Filipino in my blood. So, what percent? I'm just 2%, two, not even 2%, 0.2% away from being full. But yeah, no, for but yeah, for real, like, thank you for taking the time, um, you know, to reach out to me and allow me an opportunity to just sit down and connect back to um, who I am and really finding a place where I can still honor and not feel, you know, feel shameful that I'm disconnected. Like, you created a place where it got me curious. So I definitely want to say thank you to you for taking that time. Thank you again, and I'm, this is like, li- like literally what I've, um, dream, um, dream, not I guess dreamed of. Like when I was starting this, like it was due to my um cultural curiosity because I mm. really wanted to get to know like who my like where I was from, and so like just creating this platform where everyone can share their voice because I feel like being in Hawaii like we're so restricted and like we don't really get to see much and like this mm. is was a way for me to just anyone can share their story this is your platform if you want to share out because like the tech the technology now is so fast and like you get information so fast so like mm-hmm. creating this platform like it not only like showcases that we there are Filipinos here in Hawaii like we go through different struggles um than what they Mm -hmm. face there in the mainland and I think yeah I think it's just a good way to like connect and bridge relationships I definitely agree and I'm super proud of what you're doing you mentioned this you said this is your ninth season this will be the ninth season when this airs out (laughs) wow so congrats to you that's huge that's huge and I'm proud of you for going out and taking that step of faith, taking that risk, 
you know, taking your curiosity and getting creative and creating an opportunity, not just for you to learn, but for other people to come in and create this community. So thank you for not just allowing it to be a dream, but allowing the dream, you know, to come to life, you know, putting in the work, reaching out to people, preparing it. So thank you. And thank you as well. Um, I know like as a, as I like to end off this kind of like way, it's like this is like a book. It was nice being able to go through your chapter and I can't wait Aww. to get more, get into more in the next chapter of your life. I know this, I know um, anyone listening to this podcast, listening to your story, they will be truly, I get truly touched and inspired. Oh, thank you.